Hey guys, welcome back. Episode seven already? Holy cow. Crazy. Seven it is. I'm blessed. I get to hang out with you guys for an hour, answer some real estate questions live, coffee with closers, welcomes you. And uh, guys, how the hell are you today, man? How's it going? Don, you just wake up? No, I'm, I'm good. I've been, I've been awake for a few hours now. What, what, what's that? What's that about? Hey. <laughs> Do I look you know, I'm no, not at all, man. I just know that it's like three hours earlier there. So, oh, it's like it's like nine o'clock here, bro. I've been up for a couple hours. We're good. Oh man, that's about yeah. time I usually wake up, man. That's yeah. good. We ain't been to that's sleep. <laughs> yeah. No, not usually. Usually, I haven't been to sleep. I, you know, I I'm just I'm nocturnal. That's the way I roll. I I, I like to be awake at night. Man, I'm the same way. I think all three of us are kind of like that. Hence yeah, the fact maybe that we like to go out drinking together and whatnot. So, yeah, that's maybe what's coffee that's with closers weren't weren't meant to be. I mean, it should have been something else. <laughs> well, we, I think I think we 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 rolled around with the idea with bourbon with closers, right? <laughs> we did. You know? so. We did. Awesome. Like well, how, you, how you all been? Dodge, you look like uh, you're rocking a new background. Where you at? What's going on? Yeah, buddy, I'm in my backyard today, man. My uh, my system inside was going bonkers, and uh, just said, you know what? I'm just gonna go out on the patio today. Take it easy nice. this morning here. I did just go run an appointment on a deal uh, before this, and uh, man, good old boy on the appointment. First thing he said to me is, uh, I don't need to sell it. And I, and I responded with, well, I don't need to buy it. Why am I here? And he's like, well, I'm interested in selling it. End of the end of the appointment, me and him are drag racing my Tesla up and down the street. Right? So you sometimes you got to do whatever it takes to win right. the trust of the seller, guys. I don't typically just let any stranger get in the car and go 60 miles an hour through the neighborhood. But I really wanted to buy the house and the price that he had wasn't crazy. And man, this guy was just not having it, right? Just, he was pissed off that he was there showing me the property. So I did everything in, I, in my power to just build rapport and gain the trust. And you know, that's what closing is all about. It's just making friends with people. Like I tell that to tons of my students, guys, like I'm no sales guru or expert at it, but I can guarantee you that I'm good at getting people to like me just I, will, listen I, will say, I will i will 100 back you on that <laughs> yeah man like that's your, i just that's your superpower <laughs> that's my superpower right yeah. like i just i want to bring people up and i want them to feel happy and if it's not meant to be it's not meant to be but like yeah long story short guy wanted to drive the car and i said let's go you know and uh at first he didn't want anybody else coming back this is a one-time showing but by the end of the appointment He's like, if you want to bring your partners back later today or tomorrow, just let me know, man. And I was like, are you sure? Because you told me when I got here, one and done, you know. And uh, But yeah, just, you know, working on closing some deals here this morning, boys. That's awesome. I like it. What's up? Yeah. How about you guys? Me? Uh, we're having a nightmare on one of our flips. Uh -oh. like, tell us about it it's lift it's listed it, it, it's sold in a couple of days we got over asking that's all good we put way too much money we overspent on it but i was like all right we're still gonna make money you know we're gonna probably make around 30 on it okay but we were due to make about 60 but it's making money right and then we we do all that and for some reason we we forgot to put the gas on right so we're like so when they come to the inspection the buyer was under contract. We haven't put the gas on the whole time. So like, oh, shit, we better put the gas on. Like, put the gas on. Anyway, this gas leaks, right? So then we've had to dig up and do all the gas, redo all the gas lines and, and everything. It's just like, just been a nightmare. It's just been hey. it's just a flip from hell, you know? Um, anyway, yep. so we've taken care of that. We're in closing. We should close on July 9th. We're going to make money. We're going to make money. Hello. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> but Someone that's what we to, do as investors, yeah. man. We solve problems for people. Right. Yeah. So we've we, anyway. I mean, it's still a win because we're going to make money, right? And at the end of the day, I think it goes down to my whole thing is, you know, you buy when you buy is when you make money, right? When you buy, you make money. 
uh don't wholesale if you can't wholesale it don't buy it i stick to all these things and, and on this one it's definitely proven right because a lot of things have gone wrong we've well overspent on the budget but we're still making money so you can't complain too much about it most people would have been <laughs> upside down you know so yeah yeah, a lot, I think a lot, I think a lot of people like I think a lot of people talk themselves into deals. Kevin, I think that's a prime example of somebody if if you had um, tried to force a deal to work in this situation and and paid more than you should have and not properly negotiated, you'd have been in the hot water right now. But you if you have a formula, a system, a process in place for how you make your offers and you stick to your guns, this is my buy box and that's it. You're, you're not going to end up in trouble if you end up finding a problem or running longer than you're supposed to because you've bought properly. So I think that just what I want to reinforce that here. You're going to come out skinned, but not damaged. Well, no, you know, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, because because you've, you've bought properly in the deal. So what were you going to say, Dave? I was going to say, oh, hot damn. We got a question <laughs> here today, today, guys. All right, guys, this right. is the point of the show. We love giving back. We're going to be talking about our own deals and networking with each other and helping each other. But we want to help you, too, guys. So if you're watching and you have questions about wholesaling, fix and flip, rentals, landlords, bird, creative financing, you name it. Mike, not Mike, myself, I'm thinking of my partner, Don and Gavin, we're, we're pros at this, guys. We love helping you guys. I was just talking yeah. to him a second ago. We're going to have to bring him on the show as well. But Aiden, thanks for the question. Keep them coming. And this is actually a fabulous question. Hey, I have a question. How would you wholesale a house when they still owe a mortgage? And in fact, I just made a video on this like two days ago. So I'm going to take this one, guys, but, but obviously jump in as well. So it doesn't matter if a house has a mortgage or, or not. In some cases, houses may have a mortgage. They may have a second mortgage. They may have unpaid taxes. They may have sewer liens. They may have utility bills. There could be contractor um liens on the property it doesn't matter right what matters is is your offer above all of those bills and is the seller willing to sell for that margin right if somebody you know thinks they owe 50 right and you offer 80 they're essentially going to get 30 grand at close but then if you get mm -hmm. to the table and they really don't owe 50 they owe 65 and you're willing to pay 80, they're going to get 15. Are they okay with that number? So obviously you want to run title and you want to know all the bills on the property. Now, can you wholesale a property that owes more than what your offer? So this is a great example with the question in mind, right? How would you wholesale a house when they still owe a mortgage? Let's say the mortgage is 90 grand and I'm willing to pay them 80 grand. We can still do the deal. I can still wholesale it. But when we go to closing and me as the buyer, right, is coming, I'm only gonna pay the 80. So the seller has to be aware and know that I'm gonna be paying less than the existing debts on the property and they're gonna have to bring money to the closing table. So I didn't really mention the wholesaling aspect of it. I'm talking about just the purchasing part. But as long as you and the seller can agree that what they're either gonna take away or what they're gonna to have to bring works and you can get them to show up. If you have a buyer on the other side that's willing to pay more, doesn't matter, you're good, you're golden, right? Yeah. So sometimes people say, oh man, this guy owes more. It's not even worth making the offer. <laughs> Do not make that mistake, yeah, okay? About this time last year, I'd say give or take 12 to 15 months ago, and this happens all the time, of course, but this is this one month about a year ago where I had two sellers both bring in excess of $40,000 to the table to sell me a deal. Meaning they had a mortgage and other debts that had a gross number of 40 plus thousand more than what my offer was. And they brought that 40 grand to the table to pay all the debts, basically what I was paying plus their 40, in one case it was 50, to get it done. And then I turn around and I wholesale both of those deals. Right. So it doesn't matter if they have a mortgage or not. Now, if they don't have a mortgage, it's going to make it a little easier to get a better price because there's not going to necessarily be a bunch of debts owed on the property. But to simplify that, it doesn't matter if there's a mortgage or not. In fact, most houses have mortgages. Let's be let's be honest. It's just as long as the number you're offering is above it or if it's not, they're aware and they're going to bring that difference to the table. You guys have anything to add on that? 
Just a rabbit hole of creative finance conversations that we'll probably not get into today. I didn't even think of that, right? Yeah. But we're talking about wholesaling in this. We're question. talking about wholesale right now, yeah. But you could you, right. you could do it. You could do a sub two and wholesale to sub two. I wouldn't personally because if I tell a seller that I'm going to honor that mortgage and I'm going to pay that, I don't want to pass that obligation off to somebody else, you know, and and uh, and take the chance that they're not going to honor, honor that obligation. But some people do. Some people will will sub two. Um, a deal that has a mortgage and purchase it sub two and then wholesale that deal off to somebody. And that's, that's an option. But again, that's kind of a rabbit hole. So boom. Yeah. I want to, yeah. I want to add Love as it. well, real quick is that this is actually the mortgage is good. It's a good topic with the seller to actually know what they want uh, out mm -hmm. of the property. Right. So what we do is uh, say something like, Hey, is there a mortgage that I need to pay off at closing? So instead of saying, what's your mortgage payment? Do you have a mortgage? We phrase it like, oh, is there a mortgage that I need to pay off at closing? And then they'll say, oh, yes, there is. And say, well, what is that? What have I got to pay off? And they'll say, oh, 80,000. Okay, great. And what do you want to walk away with? How much do you want to walk away with at closing? Right. 20. They want to walk away with 20,000. So straight away, I know they want an offer of, let's say, 100,000 cash, right? So that's an indirect way of getting a number from a seller without saying, well, what do you want to sell for? What will you take? What will you accept? So you're coming mm -hmm. in in a different angle to actually get the offer without saying, well, what do you want for the property, Mr. Seller? If you go around the back way of asking these questions of, hey, what's the mortgage? What do I need to pay off? Get that. How much do you want to walk away with? 20. They've just said basically they'll take 100 grand. That's what they've just done, right, uh, based on that scenario. So that's just another way that people can look at, you know, trying to get these things under contract. Love it. Aiden's got another question for us. What if they cannot pay the extra amount? So this is related to the same topic here. And how would you still convince the cash buyer to buy even with the mortgage still owed? So first question, what if they can't pay the extra amount? So if they owe more than what your offer is and they're not willing to pay the extra amount, the only way to get that deal done is to, is to up your offer or get creative. And that's a whole different ballpark with the creative, right? I'm talking about right. wholesaling and I don't even want to go creative and wholesaling, even though that's a possibility, but that's like next level, right? That's a little bit more advanced. So if they can't pay the amount, you either, need to, up, yeah, you either need to up your offer to make it work or it's a dead deal, basically. Second yeah. part, how would you still convince the cash buyer to buy even with the mortgage still owed? So the cash buyer is not going to give a shit. Pardon my language, but this is explicit. <laughs> They're not going to oh, give okay. a shit. Right. They're not going to give a shit if there's a mortgage on the property or not. As long as what they're willing to pay you again, we're wholesaling it. Right. As long as they're what they're willing to pay you covers it. So if you got to come up and there's still a spread, then they won't be affected. But if you got to come up and then you got to get them to come up and they do, you're good. But if they don't, again, that's not the buyer for you. So there's a couple yeah. different scenarios in this situation. It's not the buyer for you. Yes. And, and, and number two, you know, it, it, like Gavin said, if it's not a deal, it's not a deal. And, and it's not our job to convince anybody of anything. We're not going to convince a seller to sell and we're not going to convince the buyer to buy. We're going to solve a seller's problem and we're going to provide value to the buyer. And that's the angle we come at. We solve problems and provide value as wholesalers. If that's what you're doing day in and day out, that's how you're going to make money. If you're trying to convince this person and that person, you're essentially trying to square peg round, round whole things all day long. You're going to have a very hard road ahead of you as a wholesaler. So find yeah. problems to solve and add value. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah I was going to say you're a deal finder, not a deal creator. Yeah. Right. right. Don't just because they're motivated. This is the thing. It's mo motivation is, is key. But they have to be motivated for it to work. They can't be, oh, I'm so motivated and I want this, but I want 300,000 over asking, right? Well, we can all be that motivated. So remember, you're a deal finder, not a deal creator. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You make your offer and you move on and you follow back up. Right. Exactly right, guys. I love it. We got a couple more questions, guys. This is what this is all about. Keep asking the questions. We love helping people. We love talking real estate. Let's just be honest. So next, it looks like we got one from Maria. And she says, with today's hot market, you know, what is the common ARV minus? And then she's got parentheses percent. What the investor buyer wants, right? Minus repairs, minus wholesale. Love it. You know the, the MAO equation. Uh, minus wholesale price, minus or dash buy price. 
what I have read is 70%, but in today's market is 80% doable. Absolutely. So 70% is rule of thumb. Here's why. The cost to sell a property is about 10%. And typically investors want to make 20%. I'm going to go invest a hundred thousand. I want to try to get 120 back. It's a lot of money to put out there, right? So I'm trying to make 20%. So if you go from 70% to 75%, you went from 30 down to 25, it's still going to be 10% to sell period. So now I'm only going to make 15%. So when you shrink that, that percent, I like to call it my discount rate. You yeah. know, MAO equals ARV times discount rate, which is a sliding scale minus repairs, minus wholesale fee. Well, the discount rate in a war zone for me might be 30 or 50%, right? Like times that. So I'm really discounting it by 50 or 70%, right? But in today's hot market, to answer this question, it's going to be difficult for an investor to make that 20%. So you're going to have to up those numbers. Right now, I'm seeing deals fly. I mean, this market is crazy. Mm -hmm. At 80 or even 85%. A lot of I people think are as speculating. Well I think as well, it's it's kind of impossible to answer, right, in my opinion, yes. and I'm going to tell you why. It depends on the location is number one, mm -hmm. right? The and demand, the, um, supply, Well, also the price of homes. I mean, right. California, people are buying 85%, right, because it might be worth 600000 So your percentage and your profit is still built in nicely. So I think that the thing is, Maria, what I would do is find out what your buyers are paying in your market and then work the number from that. That's what I would do. Because again, in Alabama, we're buying at 65%. You know, St. Louis is probably 70, 75. And Don, the people, if it's like Phoenix, are at 85. So you're yeah, going to- I'm at, I'm at 80 change. right now. I'm yeah. at, I made an offer yesterday at 70%, and there was like multiple offers above me. So I basically came up to like 77, 78, almost 80%. At this point, it's pretty tough to get a to get a deal right now. The, the supply is low. There's a lot of people out there looking for deals, not just investors like me, but there's also wholesalers out there looking for deals as well. And um, a lot of people are starting to get into the you know into the game too. So it just it depends, you know. But the way yeah. I look at it is this, guys, and you guys have heard this before: the amount of offers you make is directly correlated to the amount of deals that you're going to get. So if you're making a ton of offers, you're doing great already. Keep doing that. If you're not making a ton of offers, start making more. If your offers are not getting accepted at 70%, well, then up them to 75 or 80%. You have to find that, that sliding scale, like I had mentioned, depending on your market. And as Gavin mentioned, you know, 10 or 15% might be 100 grand in some markets and investors are okay with that. But if you're dealing with a smaller you know, investment, like 50 or 60 grand, 10% might not be worth your time. So it's going to vary. But that is an excellent question, Maria. Thank you for asking. And hopefully we didn't muddy the waters too much with you. Key points to take away, make offers. Probably make more offers. And if the offers aren't getting accepted, then you need to up the offer a little bit. Here's the beautiful thing about getting a property under contract. You have control. You've eliminated your competition. So if you have to negotiate down later because of the things that you find in your repair process or your inspection process, you have control to do so. They may not accept those negotiations, but you at least have the ability to negotiate. If you don't get any contracts accepted at all, you're never in that, you never have the, the luxury of even being able to negotiate down or renegotiate. So the way I like to look at it is if you don't have anything under contract, you need to up your offers right away to start getting control. Once you have control, you can exit if you need to. That's what CYA clauses are for. And all three of us on this call have contracts and we have contracts that we can give you actually as a, a free giveaway here with Coffee with Closers as well within our group. But you got to get properties under contract to gain control. If you don't have control, you have nothing. Imagine walking into Walmart and nothing being on the shelves. How's Walmart going to make a dollar? And by the way, Walmart doesn't buy the products that are on the shelves. The people that make them, they give it to Walmart. And then they sit on that shelf until they sell. And then Walmart collects the money and pays that person 90 days later. Well, wholesaling is kind of similar in a, in a way, right? Because you had mentioned wholesale fee, right? With wholesaling, if you don't have any inventory, how are you going to make a dollar? How are you going to make a penny? You can't. You got to have control of a property via contracts to have control, right? To have inventory. Once you have inventory, then you can go figure out the rest. So if you're not getting into, into situations where you have control of properties, that's where you got to start.
Yeah. yeah. And I, I just want to reinforce everything you guys said, um, you know, Gavin, what Gavin said as well. You know, the, I, I think I think where this question comes from is the strength of the market. You know, she's coming coming from the position of well, in today's market. Right. And the strength of the market is irrelevant. Um, just to kind of back up, you know, it's what the buyers are willing to pay in that market. The 70 percent rule is a rule. It, it's an easy rule for us to teach you the basics to get you going. But to really thrive in your market, learn your buyers, reach out to your buyers, know your buyers, know what their buying criteria is. Some of your buyers may buy just to keep their crews busy. You know, that's something that happens and they'll pay extra because they need a property in their pipeline. It may be a situation once you learn your buyers, you'll learn that they'll buy aggressively when they have no inventory to keep their crews busy. And then when they're they're fat and happy, they're a little less aggressive and a lot more conservative. So you want you don't want to have one buyer. You want to have multiple buyers. So there's a there, there's there's a you know, there's a lot of rabbit holes. We can go down with this. I'm just my whole point of saying what I'm saying here is to just back these guys up. But learn your buyers, know your market, know what your buyers are willing to buy, and you're going to go a long way. Yeah. Love it's it. Easy, it's the easiest way for sure. <clears throat> Love yeah. it. Maria says, hope my question was clear. It was absolutely clear. Thank you for asking. Aiden says, thank you, Aiden. Thank you, brother. We appreciate you. Peyton says, with lumber prices falling, are you pricing your repairs differently? I can tell you this. I'm not replacing, I am not pricing my repairs differently with lumber falling. However, I am pricing my repairs differently due to the fact that the in that the that rehabs in general are costing more money. So lumber prices falling, that's a temporary thing. Lumber prices going up, that was also a temporary thing. But overall, the cost of materials is going up. And overall, the cost of labor is going up. Yeah. Right. I'm only seeing so, going one way, and that's all. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. So I used to be at 10, 20, 30, or 40 a foot. Period. It was that simple, guys. I am no expert at at estimating repairs. However, I'm pretty good by using that formula: 10, 20, 30, or 40. Is it really bad? It's 40 bucks a foot. Is it really easy with paint and carpet? Maybe 10 bucks a foot, right? Maybe maybe a little more, right? But somewhere in that range. Well, over the last six months, it's really been more like 20, 30, 40, 50. One of those, is it? You know, one to four. How bad? Bad's four. One isn't bad at all. 20, 30, 40, 50. Right? So with lumber pricing going down, that's not going to change, at least on my end. How about you guys? The other thing is, again, though, it depends, again, on your market, right? Because if your repairs like California versus Alabama, you know, we might be... Yeah, we might be $45 and yeah, Don might be saying, well, we're $65, right? If it's a full rehab. So it just depends on, uh, and then what finishes are you doing, right? There's, there's so much more that goes in, but I think the, the, as a wholesaler, I try and keep it real simple. When, when we're looking at comps, I just want to be lower than everything else that's sold if I can, and then I'll always make money, right? And it's the buyers that are going to figure out the repairs, right? No one really cares what you think. Um, and the buyers are going to care what they think and what they say. Mm -hmm. So if they say it needs 20 and one says it needs 40 and one says it needs 80, it doesn't matter. Not, right? Here's the thing. They're who's going to pay wrong. you more? Yeah. Who's right. going to pay they're you more money? Wrong. It depends. Maybe what, this guy their, wants to rent it, whereas this guy's looking like to do that. a conversion on something or, you know, it just depends completely. That's a great well, point, Gavin. And we have different, you know, we have different, you know, skill sets and relationships. And, you know, I may be able to rehab cheaper than the guy next to me just because I've been working with certain people or certain suppliers longer and I've gotten better price breaks. But in, in labor pool, too, you know, again, to, to just back everybody up, you know, actually in California, you know, we have a really, you know, inexpensive labor pool for the most part. Whereas, like, I can get I can get a house painted for, you know, about 25 a foot, about 10 a foot, depending on the house. In Oregon, I can't get somebody to touch it for less than $3 a foot. So, you know, there's there's a lot of factors that go into this um, this rehab game. And in the backup again, um, I hate to be your broken record here, but the the thing is, is you tell me it's going to be a $40,000 rehab and I know I can get it done for 30. I'm going to use that 40 against you in my negotiation. Um, if you tell me it's going to be a, a $30,000 rehab and I know it's going to be 40, I'm going to use that 30 against you in negotiation. So we don't put repair estimates in our properties. We send out the wholesale. We just basically send out the number we want for it. And we let the people tell us whether or not we're crazy. And that's it. Yeah. Yep. 100%. I love that. How about it? you guys put ARVs in or you just put asking? Oh, you don't even put ARVs in because that's the, the same ARVs are the same thing because it's a sliding scale. Yeah. You rehab higher, your ARVs higher. So if you put yeah. an ARV and somebody's got a rehab here or a rehab here, 
it's going to change. So I love that. I think that's smart. Anything that's subjective to uh, opinion or, um, you know, basically your skill set or your, your ability to get something done, we don't put a number on and ARV one of those. Because if, 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 again, if you send me a property and your ARV is low, I'm going to use that against you. You know, if your ARV is too high, I'm going to use that against you. So, and, I mean, we're negotiators, right? That's what we do. Our job is to negotiate. And it's not that I want to be mean. It's just, okay, well, your information's off. So that's my opportunity to get a better deal. And so we just send the number we want and that's it. You figure out your ARV, you figure out your rehab, you figure out if it's a deal because it's not my job to convince you. It's your job to tell me whether or not it works for you. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's love that. That's, that's awesome. That is awesome. We haven't been, uh, our wholesale volume has been down a ton because we're just trying to buy and hold as much as we can. Um, but we're, we're, when we do do our wholesales, though, guys, it's very similar, though. You know, we'll we'll sometimes put an ARV and estimated repairs, but we'll definitely highlight this is our opinion, you know, by all means. But what Don said about, you know, using that against you, it happens all the time. Ideally, you just put what you're asking for it and you let the investors figure it out. Great advice. I, I love that. That's what that's awesome. So, Don, are you rehabbing outside of your own market right now? No, uh, no. We, well, I mean, not at the moment. No, um, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm a conservative investor. You know, if I'm being real, I have, I have uh, rehabbed in other states, um, but you know, it's, it's in obviously more stable markets. More, you know, with with the less craziness going on, and I will rehab in other states again. Uh, but right now, no. Got it. Yeah. 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 Um, Gavin's the only one that's that's got the, the balls to go do that right now. Yeah. I have teams on the ground though. (laughs) I don't want to make out that, you know, that I don't, I tell you one thing as well, though, that is hard in this market with this crazy market is understanding and knowing when to hold tail and to fix and flip. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and knowing timeframes versus pushing that ARV, putting more money in, you know, and, and, and trying to know which properties to do it on, because you have them all the time. Do you want to put five grand in, stick it on, wholetail it and, and get 30 grand? Or do you want to spend, you know, eight weeks doing it up, putting 50 grand in and maybe getting 50 grand, right? Do you want to make that 20 over the three months? You take the quick. It, it, figuring all that out as well is difficult in this market because people are overpaying and we're leaning towards now more like wholetail, wholetail, put a bit in, wholetail, keep the repairs down because people mm. will do things to it anyway they don't care if it needs a paint or because they're going to redo things they're going to do things themselves they don't care they just need to get into a property so we're Mm -hmm. looking at definitely wholetailing more um right now and just trying to be selective on what we flip and and what we wholetail so just want to throw that out there as well um i love it that makes perfect sense we have another question here from a facebook user guys remember if you're watching us just real quick Make sure you like, subscribe, and share wherever you're watching so more people can come and watch us. We appreciate it. Uh, Yes, thank you. We're not, again, we've got nothing to sell. You will not hear us sell anything on any of our episodes, right? So uh, we've got nothing to sell. We're just trying to give value um, and get as many eyeballs on this show as possible. So we appreciate it. And also- I mentioned this real quick. Not sure what my name didn't show for anybody on Facebook, Gavin. So yeah, when when you're watching, you need to allow, because we're going through StreamYard, you need to allow Facebook permission to show your name. So you have to say, allow me to show there should be a link where you're watching uh to for you to allow your name to be shown that's what you need to do okay um so yeah anyway we had a question so guys where uh how and where are you finding properties right now so they, they actually follow up with the questions as everything seems to, to move so quickly so I, i'm assuming you may be looking at the mls or properties that are they're publicly available um and that's probably one of the reasons why you're seeing everything move so quickly anything that is listed on the MLS in most markets right now is probably not worth your time or energy to chase. Um, you know, market cycles, there's times where the MLS is a gold mine. Um, there's times where the MLS is basically, you know, it's it's just not worth your time. So and this is one of those those times. We're cold calling. Uh, we're direct to seller, essentially, I guess, is what I want to state. So, you know, direct mail, cold calling, door knocking right now is, is a huge opportunity. I started door knocking in a hot market, 2003, 4, and 5. 
when in a super hot market, you can put a house on the market and sell it in, in hours, not days, but hours. And I still found great deals door knocking. So, cause this is a relationship game. You're going to people who have a problem, who aren't sure how to solve it and you create an opportunity to solve their problems. So any way you can get direct to seller, uh, go around, uh, go, go to them before, you know, the properties on the market, that's where you're going to find your deals. So I don't know if you guys want to add to that. Yeah, that's great. Gavin, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, just to reiterate, really, what what Don yeah. says. I think if you if we're talking about wholesaling, you got to go off market. I mean, it's just yeah. it has to happen. You can't even mess with the MLS for sell by owners. It's not worth your time. If you're doing creative deals, lease options, owner finances, stuff like that, where you're willing to pay more on terms, then there's a place for that. You sell by owners, you rent, and reaching out. But if you truly want to find discounted properties, you have to go off market, in my opinion, because you're just wasting too much time. Uh, in terms of services, we use Batch and we use PropStream. We actually have, David, if you can find it, you can pop this up. We actually have uh, with Batch right now, they're giving us to give to you 5,000 free downloads that you can actually use. If you go to batchleads.io slash closers, you'll get 5,000 free property records that you can skip trace in there and actually start dialing and texting today. So that's what I would do if you're new. Um, but I would use PropStream and Batch. I'd pull off market lists, something that has equity in it. Uh, and you can use vacants. You can use absentee owners, uh, liens, tax delinquent, code violation, water shut off, shutoffs, probates, anything that you can get your hands on where it's a motivated seller list. That's what I would be using um and, and 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 start start the process get on the phone start making phone calls sending text messages having quality conversations making offers following up following up following up until they say yes that is the cycle that i would do that's right we got free resources as well guys i dropped a comment down below um so you can go to that website we have free, free resources like contracts assignments joint venture agreements and then there's also uh, free trial links to some of these marketing platforms that we use like that Gavin had mentioned, right? So cold calling, cold texting, um, bandit signs, radio ads, lots and lots and lots of networking and, and, and calling on real estate agents that may have pocket listings. Um, yeah, not so much listed properties right now. Don nailed that, you know, with the market yeah. being so hot, you know, when you when it's listed, it's 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 ultra public. Right. Yeah. So you just are going to have a lot of competition. Personally, I don't like competition. Right. I want to avoid the competition. I want to be the only one that is trying to buy the property, ideally. So the best way to do that is avoid the, the, the publicity of the MLS. Go direct to the seller. Um, direct mail is coming back in a big way. So tons of direct mail. Um, and we do our direct mail from lists that we pull and when we drive for dollars. Right. Yeah. So it's not always just pulling lists and hitting those lists with calls or text, you know, we're generating, we're building our own lists. And sometimes when we're out driving for dollars, not sometimes, most of the time we're out driving for dollars. If I see a dumpster in the driveway, I'm going to pull over and see if I can't talk to the guys, you know, is it a homeowner cleaning the property out? Is it a rehab crew? Sometimes rehab crews run out of money, new investors and whatnot. Right. Or, well, if it's or, a really or, or you can get the contractor's information too, because right, driving for contractors. So just want to throw contractors, it. right? And yeah. if you got a really bad one, guys, like it's really not even worth trying to like delay, like go home and then export that list to the callers and then send them some mail. Like if you're in front of a property when you're driving for dollars and it looks like shit, pull over, get out of the car, go knock on the door, like Don was saying, yeah. right? That's this is a people business. So if you send a postcard yeah. or a cold yeah. call or a cold text, all you're doing is a, is delaying the inevitable on running the appointment. Why not run the appointment right now? So driving for dollars is huge. I think it's underutilized. Um, you know, and then of that, course that with driving for dollars, there's lots of features that come with it too. Yeah, I think the more that you network, I mean, it just never stops, right? I mean, why do we spend tens of thousands of dollars to be in masterminds it's networking right we're not mm -hmm. going there to learn something new that we've never done right uh it you know it, it's networking it's it's building relationships with people because the more people you know in the industry of if, of even realtors and property managers i've got a client right now who's made a million dollars okay in the last 12 months from multiple multi-family deals that uh, that uh, and she bought all of them from a property manager lead 
from saying, hey, this My first three wholesale deals were from yeah. a property management company. Right. Yeah. She's ma made three. a million dollars by buying them. She held them for about a year. She's selling them all off. She's going to net about a million. And it's just, and just from relationships. So you can never get away from that. And that's with realtors, property managers, wholesalers, cash buyers, divorce the, attorneys, probate attorneys, yeah. you name it, title companies. My title company sends me yeah. a deal or two a month. Why? Because they know I close and they don't get paid if the deal doesn't close. So if a buyer doesn't show up and a seller's sitting there and the buyer doesn't show and an hour goes by and the buyer or the seller's still sitting there, who do you think they're going to call? Well, they're going to call the buyer first and he's probably ducking because he's not coming. And then they call me. And sometimes I'll drive up there and, and meet him and say, you know, I can't sign today because I'm not this guy, but I want to buy it. Can we close next week? And can I come view it this afternoon? Happens yeah. all the time. So network, network, yeah. network. <laughs> I can't emphasize it enough. REI network, boom, that's it, right? You got to be networking with people, right? One of my that's friends, really Sam, local STL guy, he's with Faster House. Uh, I think his business is Faster Freedom. They bought like 200 houses last year, maybe more. And he was saying like 40 or 50% of the deals that he bought came from networking. And I'm just like, holy Amen. cow, this is amazing. You know, I would say probably 20 or 30% of ours come that way too. So it's yeah. not all like, hey, I got to go have a crazy budget. I need to go send 65,000 yeah. postcards. That's not necessary, guys. Yeah. Start networking. There are free leads everywhere, but you got to get yeah. on the phone or get in the car and drive to these people's offices and meet them and let them know you can help me. Nursing homes, another Especially great place if you're if you're new as well, like you can call a buyer, let's say it's in an area, you don't really know what you're doing, but you've built relationships. Like you can literally like, hey, I'm gonna call Don. Don, I got this 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 deal. You know, I really don't know what I need to offer. Like, this is the situation. Do you know what number you'd be at? Like, where mm -hmm. would you be? And if he says, look, I'm gonna be around 80 grand on this. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna go and try and get it at 65, right? And then, hey, Don, I'm gonna bring it to you and get you in if I get it. It's just relationships to be able to do that. Mm -hmm right and, and and it's powerful but you're not going to do it if you don't know them they're not going to give you the time of day but if you spent time you've networked with them they get to know you because people want to help people who they like it's just the nature of the beast mm -hmm. and and if you have that your job as wholesalers as finding properties and getting help just is just goes through the roof because they want to help you because guess what who if I, if don's going to help me Dom, I got that deal. I can't believe it. When can you get in? Do you want to buy it? You're going to get first dibs on it, Dom. Like, it's, so it works both ways. The buyer's like, okay, great. Yeah, let's go and see it and and, and work on that, right? Um, so all this, the networking is definitely huge. It is. It is. Um, and I mean, I built my business this time. You know, I built my business twice. Obviously, I built it in 2003, lost everything, built it again in 2012. Um, in 2003, I just want to state the, the, the hotness of the market's come up a few times. Don't let that discourage you if you're new and you're watching this for the first time. I started in a market that was at, as hot or hotter than the market we're in right now, and I still made tremendous money. And the reason, honestly, the reason why I made money is because I was an idiot and I was able to make a ton of mistakes and the market was so hot that it hit all my mistakes and allowed me to be successful. But uh, so right now is a great opportunity to get started. I started in 2012 networking my butt up because I, had, I didn't have two quarters rubbed together in the market to save my life. And so I networked and that's how I got my first deal. And I've got multiple deals after that was through networking. So um, <clears throat> hot market, don't be discouraged. Network your butt off for sure. And uh, just go out there and crush it. Yeah. Love and it. This, and this is no excuse. Last thing I'll say on networking is as well, there's no excuse if you're virtual, right? You have one of right. these. This is the communication tool, right? You've got mm -hmm. Zoom, Skype people, Zoom them, call mm -hmm. them, text them, DM them, get them on the phone. Hey, let's Zoom. Let's have coffee over Zoom. I don't know. Whatever it takes, you got to do to get it done. So if you're not local, don't worry about it. And you should be networking local anyway, especially if you're in the Californias, if you're in New York, if you're where all the money is, because guess what? All them investors you're networking are buying in all different states because their return on investment's better. So what do you do? You go and network with people in that state saying, hey, I got cash buyers, let's JV. And you bring the buyers to the table and get paid. There's so many ways to skin this for you to make money. Um, it, it's crazy. So, you know, just another, another thing that you could be doing. Love yeah. it. Gavin Meeker says, what are you guys doing with SMS and how is the Trace Ag treating you guys, right? So I haven't really 
dove into this quite yet. So I don't really have an answer to this, but I, things are changing. That's the bottom line. Things are going to be changing, um, if not today, in the next couple of weeks or months, right? So I think that there's going to be other types of marketing that are going to take off again. You know, direct mail probably being one of those. This might even be Corey Meeker acting as Gavin Meeker, but I'm, I don't know. <laughs> Corey's one of my buddies that does direct mail. So who, who knows, right? Um, it's going to be changing. Now, I don't think it's going to go away, cold calling or cold texting. I think instead what's going to happen is it's going to limit the ability for some of these guys that are doing way more than they should be down into you know a reasonable amount. I don't think it's going to go away completely. Now, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on this. But I think that, you know, it's going to basically bring it back into the zone where, you know, it's not just crazy overwhelming where everyone can jump on and go send crazy amounts of texts or calls and you know so on yeah. and so forth. What are your guys' opinion on that? I think for me is a lot of the uh, a lot of the sites that, that you'll be using, whether it be Batch or your CRMs, they're trying to stay as compliant as they can be, right? So they're trying right. to help you when they say, "Hey, we're going to put you know language at the bottom to opt out, stop, you know, text stop to this message." Like all this stuff, it's not that they want to be doing it; it's that they want to be compliant, right? You can only send one text at a time, where you literally click the button and it sends one at a time. Like all these things of being compliant um they're trying to work on my my opinion is is that you've just got to keep an eye out on what's going on i just did a video that if you are texas you want to double down right now and hit it as hard as you can before it goes right because it will change they're talking about you need to register phone numbers um, make sure that you're taking off the the dnc complainers the known litigators making sure you remove them are important um and just wait and, and just ride the wave. I'm always big on every market. I just invest today and I just wait. And then as soon as it stops and you can't do it anymore, it's just like ringless voicemail. I used to do it. I don't now. I feel it's one of the most, it's one of the highest ways of getting, um, you know, in trouble uh, with a ringless voicemail, but still people do it, right? So, um, yeah, and there's a difference works. between that cold too versus doing it in a follow up. And I'm not going to get into the into the weeds yeah. here about this. It's a little gray all around, right? But at the end of the day, guys, this is the takeaway. Things change. So embrace it. Don't fight it. Follow the rules. Nobody on this live right here is going to, you know, want anybody to get in trouble or break any laws or do any of that stuff, right? So go research it on your own. Follow the rules as best as you can. But know that they're going to be changing and it's going to be mm -hmm. always changing. So this yeah. one thing isn't like you know, the end, this is the beginning. It's always going to be evolving. So just yeah. do your research and figure out what works for you. And you may have to take some risks and, and calculate those. So figure out what those might be. But that's a really, really great question. You the know, I want to oh, yeah, pick back what you said, Dave. It, marketing as a whole is always changing. Always, always changing. You know, whether you're doing direct mail, whether you're doing cold calling, whatever it is you're doing, it's always evolving. It's important to know your KPIs, your key performance indicators. So, you know, some of you on here that may be a little bit, you know, ahead of the game, but it's just important when you go into marketing, master that channel, but don't don't like live in what you're doing today forever. <clears throat> Understand that they're, they're like direct mail has cycles. Every other year or so, it's great, and then every other year, it's bad. And part of it is people will jump into it and jump out of it. And so, as people jump out, it becomes more effective. As people jump back in, it becomes less effective. And so, you got to know that. You got to know your numbers are changing. You got to know. I mean, so I just want to kind of hammer, you know, that this this is this is a real business. It, it, as you build this, it's if you don't want it to be a hobby, you got to look at it as a real business. You got to understand that you got to know your numbers. You got to watch trends. You got to know what times of, of year are best for certain marketing channels. If you're in a sunshine state, you don't want to necessarily market to free and clear homes. Um, that's to me a waste of money. If you're in a state where it snows, you want to market the free and clear homes in the middle of the winter when pipes are freezing and, and, and landlords are sick of these properties, right? So you start to learn marketing and trends and cycles, and it becomes a very exciting thing to do in your business and, and build your business with. Um, you know, but just don't do the one and done thing. I guess is the point I want to make. Everything, everything changes. Everything cycles. Yeah, be everything be available to pivot. And, change. you know, you should be changing anyway. Like change usually equals growth. So that, yeah. that's awesome. Damon Remy, St. Louis local. My man. All right, good buddy of mine. How do you get so much manliness on one call? 
Speaking of Damon, somebody asked a second ago, what CRM are you guys using? Damon's got a CRM. It's called REI Blackbook. And if you go over to coffeewithcloserslive.com, go over there and you can actually get, I think it's a 14-day free trial to that CRM. I've been using it since 2016. It's not the only CRM I use, full, full disclosure, but it's one of them. I love it. And it could be the only one. Um, and I have, I love it though. So go over to coffeewithcloserslive.com. Check that out. Damon has got an amazing system. We use it uh, exclusively for dispositions, websites, landing pages, but it will actually do it all. So it, Damon, it, thanks for watching. It's a, it's a, it's a CRM on steroids. It's like a CRM it's on steroids. steroids. It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, absolutely. But I, I really like that CRM a lot. And I, and I, Eh, Damon, he's all, he's all right, but <laughs> no, I like so we get da Damon or Kevin, who, who we going for? Yeah, Kevin's my man. That's right. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's the guy. All right, cool. Well, moving on, guys. When you wholesale, are you selling for cash and or hard money only, or do you also look for buyers who need to borrow with conventional loans? I don't do a ton of wholesaling. I'm sorry, wholesaling. That was a stupid thing to say, wholesaling. But I do do a couple here and there. I would say Gavin and Don would be best to answer this question. Depends on the condition of the property. Yep. And, 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 you know, it's really what it comes down to. You know, some lenders will not lend on properties that have certain repairs need to be done or certain deficiencies, even, even in conventional loan situations. Conventional loans are more forgiving than like an FHA. I can tell you, Unless a hotel is clean and move-in ready to a certain degree, I would say pretty much rent ready would be kind of the standard. You're not going to get an FHA loan um, on that property um, without making probably some additional repairs to it. Conventional probably, um, hard money for sure. So it just depends on the condition of the property. I don't know if you want to add to that, Gavin, but that's that's kind of if – it, if it's all studs, like I've hoteled a property that was basically gutted, that's, that's going to be a cash buyer, hard money buyer. So – yeah, yeah, I've done I've done burnouts before too. I mean, you can wholesale any property. It just depends, you know, how much time do you have, and what are you yeah, looking to you get? Have the money, do you have the money and the resources to close on it and then turn around and sell it? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. or hold it for you yeah. know maybe you buy it first and then yeah. So there's a couple of different scenarios. I like to use the um, the mindset of what's best for my business today. Now here's the thing. Best doesn't always mean most money. Gavin was saying this earlier. You know, you could wholesale it and maybe make 20 or 30, but then you could go spend eight or 10 or 12 weeks rehabbing it and make 50. Well, what's best for my business right now? Do I need that 20 or 30 grand like next week to fund something else? Then that's best. If I don't need any money right now and I want the most and I'm willing to wait, that's best. So you got to kind of look at this yeah. like, What's best for your business right now? The highest amount of money doesn't always mean best, guys. Everyone always What's thinks that in the beginning, but there's time and there's energy and there's headaches involved typically when you go get more money, right? So is that best? It just depends. And let's, let's just it, define here. Let's define here. I think Kevin, I'll make a job, but you know, wholesale is taking the contract and selling the contract is flipping paper. Wholesaling is actually buying the property, doing either nothing to it, which is my preferred method of wholesaling, or a very limited amount, like cleaning it out or maybe painting it and then putting it on the market and reselling it. And then retail flip is obviously you've gone in and you've done some pretty decent amount, extensive amount, if, if necessary, work to the property to bring it up to a retail condition. And so... Wholesaling is just basically it's right in the middle. I bought the property, but I'm not going to put a lot of effort into the property and put it on the market right away. And that's that's essentially what the question is here. And, and uh, it, again, you can wholesale anything. You can wholesale studs and sticks. Uh, yeah. You can so in St. Louis, Missouri, we yeah. can list it on the MLS owner by contract. That's a whole so different. We, it's a whole different conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So well, let yeah. me say this though: we don't actually have to buy it to list it retail and sell it that way. So it depends on your market though, too. Typically, wholesale is a combination of two words, guys, wholesale and retail, very simple. Yeah. You buy it wholesale or another way to look at that is you find the deal by direct seller marketing methods, typically off market. And then you list it and sell it on the market. So typically you're gonna have to buy it to do that, but not always, sometimes you can actually wholesale without even buying it, right? And some may say that's a wholesale, Dave. Well, that's fine. But if you're going to be listing it on the MLS and you're looking for that retail buyer, I define that as a wholesale too.
Yeah, that's a whole set listed of name MLS, but taking it down. Hey, everybody's uh, is, in, or entitled to their opinion, right? Yeah. Ta- taking it. it down is a wholesale, a wholesale in mind, like buying it. I, yeah. I agree, right? But yeah, yeah. I look at it like it's wholesale purchase retail type of sale, but doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 Dave's Love it though. Answer. Great question. Facebook. Well, anyway, I want to answer it. I want to answer it. <laughs> oh, go, go. Wait. Go, go. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So this is this is I'm gonna simplify it, right? Is what Don said. You got it depends on the condition. If it needs a lot of work, it's obviously gonna be a cash transaction. If you're if it's in a decent condition of rent ready or better, right? We put on there and list it. We will take cash and conventional. So we will take either buyer and we'll look at the offers accordingly. So if I have a conventional that may be, you know, $7,000 over and they want to do uh, an inspection and they're going to close in 30 days, or I have a cash offer for 7000 less and they'll close with no inspection in seven days, and now I have to weigh it up again. Do I want the extra mm-hmm. seven and wait for financing or do I want to go, let's just take the cash? So we put both on there and FHA as well normally has a season into it. Um, to even get an FHA loan, you have to own the property normally with over, over 90 days. So we don't True. normally use yeah. that period. So yeah. v- it's v- normally v- them v- too. V- VA is what I meant to say. VA you don't, but VAs are require the same kind of repairs that FHA will. So that was I misspoke on that one. I'm glad you caught that one, Gavin. 90-day rule on FHA. Yeah. So that's what I would do is list it, <laughs> cash or conventional. Um, and, uh, and And that's what we normally do. So there we are. Yes. Let me throw let me throw a little nugget in here. So there, we 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 built a relationship. We talk about networking and relationships in this business. We built a, ne- a relationship with a lender in our market, and they are a preferred lender. And whenever we have, whether it's a wholesale or uh, a retail sale, if we have any kind of lending whatsoever, you know, on the offer, we actually require our buyer to go and qualify with our preferred lender. They don't have to use them, but what that does is if we have four offers. Our preferred lender is going to say, this one's $5,000 less, but they're your strongest borrower. This one's $5,000 more, but there's a big question as to whether or not I'm going to be able to, they're actually going to be able to get that loan through at the end of the day, not, not them, but their lender. And so we can choose, do I want, like Gavin said, do I want to roll the dice on this loan that may not close for $5,000 more, or do I want to take the one that's guaranteed to close for $5,000 less? So as a business, it's important to have people on your team that can give you information that you can make good decisions on. So I just want to throw that in there. I know this is kind of off yeah. topic, but having a preferred lender in your corner, they'll get business eventually through doing this for you. So don't feel like they're not going to get anything from this. Plus we send them Christmas gifts and gift cards and stuff like that for doing this yeah. for us. But the information that they provide to you in your decision-making process is priceless because you're not making a decision in the dark as to whether or not that buyer is solid or not. So yeah and, and this is that's that's great point don and the other thing is as well you're not making this decision until you have everything all the cards in front of you that's the beauty mm-hmm. right so when yeah. you're listing it you might have 30 offers to look at and might have seven cash and this and this and then you look and you say right what are our best offers and then you look at the best situation and you pick from mm-hmm. the best yeah, That's your your best your 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 highest offer might be eighty you know eighty five thousand, and you might have a cash offer for seventy five thousand. It's a ten thousand dollars swing, right? It's a no brainer. I'll wait thirty days for ten grand. Your preferred lender tells you, hey, this borrower that offered you eighty five, well, their their aunt Barbara wrote them their prequal letter, and it's not worth the paper it's written on, right? Yeah. And then you go, okay, well then, hey, that seventy five is now Fun. a beautiful offer. So so anyway, yeah, yeah, you guys know. Awesome. That's what's up. I like it. I like it. All right. We got a, uh, another user, Facebook user here says, have a buyer looking for rehab properties in Jupiter, Florida or on the Panhandle. Do you have any inventory in that location? I know I don't, but it doesn't really matter um, if we do or not. I would have doubt that Don does. And Gavin, I would also probably doubt that you do too. But if you have a buyer looking closing. Okay. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> if you have a crazy. buyer looking for property in a specific area, though, guys, go on the Facebook groups for those local areas. There's going to be a lot of them if you're talking about the entire panhandle, right? But go join all those different groups. See what those other wholesalers in that area are sending out and try to joint venture with them. That's like the easiest way to get into this business. You don't necessarily need a bunch of money to go market to sellers and or time because it's usually one or the other or both. Um, Joint venture, right? It's the easiest way. If you bring a buyer to somebody that's marketing a deal, typically they're going to probably be willing to give you 50-50 on it. 
And if and there's a 10 or 15 or 20 K spread, that's potentially, you know, five to $10,000 in your pocket for just connecting dots. It's literally the, the thing is, in, in a market like Jupiter and West Palm, if you find a deal, you're not going to struggle with a buyer. So it's awesome that you have a buyer that wants something, but you got another hundred at queuing ready to go. So don't worry in a hot market like that. If you would have said, you know, in the middle of Mississippi somewhere and I got a buyer, then great because there's not as many there, right? But if you're talking about Jupiter and West Palm and you find a true deal, I mean, they're going to Let be us know, right? bidding, bidding more. Bidding <laughs> also, more. reverse wholesaling. It's a big yeah. deal, right? So what is it? Well, it just basically means that you find the buyer first and figure out what he wants, and then you go market in that area versus market in an area and then try to find the buyer. It's the same thing, just flip. So figure out what that guy wants. Does he want condos? Does he want single families? Is he looking mm -hmm. for 12 unit buildings? Figure that out. Yeah. Then pull lists and start marketing to those areas or start driving for dollars if you're in the area already and try to find the deal for that guy. Other than that, go on Facebook, find other people selling deals. Last but not least, you can um, you can just go find the deal for, for that buyer. Love it. So Aaron T says, what is the top skip tracing companies you guys prefer? Gavin and Don may do things differently than me. I like batch leads. Huge fan because of two main reasons. Well, really three or four. But number one is that they have really good high quality skip tracing and it's very, very competitive. Number two, I never pay to skip trace the same lead twice because they have match savings over there. And other companies, I think, you know, maybe starting to do this, but for the for a really long time, Batch was the only one around doing this. And basically what it means is if I add a list of a hundred leads in, and my system already has 40 of those leads skip trace or think about scale guys if you have 10,000 leads right and you're adding those into skip trace and you already have 4,000 of them in your system skip trace you're not going to pay to skip trace those a second time only if the data is different will it give you the result and charge you for it so sometimes i'll pull lists from like deal machine or batch driven and it might be four or five thousand driving for dollars leads and there may only be three or four hundred new ones in there so it simplifies adding leads it simplifies cost and again, it's high quality. The other three and four reasons are uh, SMS as well as direct mail directly from the system. It's all in one place. So Don, Gavin, what about you guys? Great question. Skip force for me. Skip force, yep. Yeah. I'm the same, I'm, uh, I'm batch. So I, I think the thing is as well, there's so many companies, you just gotta pick what works, right? Stick with it and everyone's trying to resell data. It's just insane. Yeah, um, exactly. There's I'm not buying when people can get for like five cents and stuff that's actually any good, a person. Exactly. So. Now, Skip, Skip Force does sell, I think, for eight cents, um, but it is good data. I use it. I make money on it. Um, the reason why you use them first is because I do a double skip. I like to skip through Skip Force because it is the cheaper source. We do our calling and whatever we're going to do with it, and then whatever we don't hit on, we go back through and, and pull uh, and skip again on the stuff we didn't hit on through a different because honestly they get them from different places batch buys from one place skip gets their data from another place you know a different skip company will get their data from another place so you really should have two skip trace companies in your arsenal you, you run it first yeah. market to it whatever doesn't hit you come back and you run it through the other source i guarantee you're going to pick up stuff that you didn't pick up the first time around if you're only using one skip trace company you're leaving money on the table it's a great point guys text flip to 314-310-5221. I just dropped a comment. Free resources right there. We will happily send you guys links to get a free trial at Batch. And they'll even throw in 5,000 property records included with that free trial. So you can go get some lists and you can do some, test out the skip tracing. You can test out the SMS. You can test out the direct mail. Um, I believe it's uh, a week free, which is awesome. But again, they include those 5,000 property records. Um, I got a hard stop at noon and it is noon. So we're going to have to yeah. wrap this episode up today. But guys, I really want to thank everybody for coming, listening, watching, asking questions. Today was probably the best episode yet with you know the, the, the viewer feedback and response and questions. And that's what this is all about we love helping you guys, and we obviously like to talk, me specifically. So, <laughs> no doubt happy to be that. here, guys. I'm, I'm just, we're going to take 
We're going to take the controls so we can mute you at times. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. I like it. But right, really awesome. great episode, guys. Thanks for uh, for all your, obviously, all your, your great, you know, commentary as well. And uh, we will be back next week. Same time, same place. Catch us then. Any parting words for the audience, guys? Uh, good luck. Uh, we have one question here that I want to answer. How many buy buyers do you need to find for reverse wholesaling? One. Just find one and then find more. But that's all I got to say is uh, don't make it too hard. Have fun. Enjoy your life, guys. And thank you for being with me this week. And, and I always enjoy talking to you. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Okay.